0: Like I had the biggest crush on him. And I remember being in middle school and just being like, you know, David, David, David. And he basically looked at me and was just like, come on, like, you know, you're not as pretty as Lindsay. And at that moment I was just like, oh, like I'm not the pretty girl.
1: Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brienne Davis Gant. Mark and I are blown away by the tremendous support on the heels of our 150th episode. We're excited to welcome thousands of new subscribers and wanted to share a few of our past listener favorites. Thank you again for subscribing, favoriting, and sharing. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. When I first started my recovery 11 years ago, I struggled through the textbook-like material on the subject. I wanted to make the addiction and the recovery from it accessible and relatable to more people by telling it in an entertaining way. Well, I'm super excited to announce I've released my first book, iCloud.com. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Breanne davis gant Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know those deep, dark secrets you probably want to take to your grave? Or those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing? Really, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is Jana. Now, Jana, I have a question for you. Okay, go for it. Dun dun dun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is your secret? Oh, uh, it's something that I'm trying to do. I wrote it down in my journal for 2021 to not do as much of, but <laughs> so I guess it's good that I'm Putting it out in the universe because I don't want to hold it anymore. But it is, I don't want to constantly compare myself to other women and make myself feel not good enough because I'm constantly comparing.
1: Oh, I'm so grateful we're talking about this. And I have to tell this story. And this is why I wanted to do this episode specifically with you. We are friends. We have been business partners. We have a couple things going on. And I always felt like I was the only person that did this my entire life. And there was a moment with you, we were driving to a really important meeting and you asked me how I was doing. And I said to you, I'm not that great. Like I'm not on social media right now. And you're like, why? And I said, it's just too, is I torment myself. And you went into the story that night before that you were strolling through Instagram and like, comparing yourself to every other girl yeah it was this huge mind-blown thing for me I don't think you understand that I never told you that that it why would why because I think you know when you're friends with people who are actresses we don't talk about comparing each other to each other you know we're in competition, but then we're not at the same time. And then you put the whole social media aspect. And I just never had that conversation with another successful working mom, wife, you know? And it was just like, it was mind blowing. And I've only talked about it with people in program and to have that conversation with you of all people.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's hard because it's like you... (sighs) And especially for me, like my personality is like, even when, okay, so my husband and I, you know, we wrote a book together the day that we finished, like press send, you know, to the, um, to the publisher, I was like, okay, what's next. And he's like, can we just like enjoy this moment? I was like, no, no, no. I was like, what's book two? Like, what do we do? Like, you know, how are we going to do this? And I feel like it's, it's a good quality to have, but it's also bad because when it comes to like comparing and going on the internet, I'm like oh man, like how come I didn't get a shot at that role? Or like, I want to be doing that. But it's like, well, why am I not looking at the things that I am doing? And, and I am proud of the things that I'm doing, but it's also like, I I want more. And then I'm like, you know, when I compare like, oh God, like, you know, I, <laughs> there's one girl's Instagram. I like, she has like the best body and I'm like, God, like I, I beat myself up. And it's like, I don't have a body like that. And so it's like, but it really messes with me. So I'm trying not to, I'm, I, I'm trying now to just being like, oh, She's really pretty and successful. That's awesome. Good on her. Like, and not like make myself go down in the drain with it. Well, I like to say, I like to say
1: it's the greater than less than, Mm. you know, you, I always you, and I I wanted to ask you this specifically. I've had this my entire life. Have you always felt this way growing up? Was there a moment you remember
0: comparing yourself to somebody else? Honestly, I mean- Well, I guess I was going to say no, but I remember in seventh grade, like there was this guy I his name was David Simon, rest in peace, he passed away, but, um, Like I had the biggest crush on him, and I remember being in middle school and just being like, you know, David, 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 and he basically looked at me and was just like, "Come on, like you know, you're not as pretty as Lindsay." And at that moment, I was just like, "Oh, like I'm not the pretty girl like in school," and so I always like kind of had that like outlook. But uh, I think that was like the looks thing that yeah, kind of like went away because I was like, "Oh, whatever, it's middle school." But still, I think it made (laughs) an impact, you know, of like not. I think it impacts.
1: I think those moments in childhood impact us in the future.
0: Well, when we start, you know, putting out other things, I'm like, okay, David Simon doesn't think I'm pretty. Well, now I'm going to show him I'm pretty, you know what I mean? And I'm going to be like, maybe like sexier, risque, and I did not know I'm middle school, but like maybe I remembered that and brought that into like my, you know, other years, like growing up. But I think when it comes to like work-wise, I don't feel like I compared myself until I started to be successful. Honestly.
1: Yeah. Don't you feel like once you get success that then I was always the same way. Like I want more. Even when I was on, I remember prom night we worked together and I remember I went to Mark and I was like, what's my next part? And he's like, you're still shooting. Like, can't you just be okay? Like you're on a studio movie. And like, I remember it was even going
0: on then. For me Well, it's interesting because it's like success does something amazing for someone, but then it also, I feel like it's also my biggest tormentor too, because I'm constantly wanting to like, you know, I don't want to let anybody down. I got to support my family. And then, you know, and then I'm like, I got saggy boobs. And I'm like, how do I, how does this person have it all? <laughs> I'm like, how? <laughs> yeah that's funny funny you talk about boobs because you have mentioned to me you're like should I get a boob job I'm like no do not get a boob job well I'm kind of debating it in 2021 but not the kind of boobs that like you know that I was originally going to get to be a version of what my husband might like like now I want to do it for myself and that's when I'm like okay like this is different this feels different now
1: Oh, I agree. I agree. If you want to get a boob job for yourself, because your boobs are a little saggy because you get to a certain age, like do it, like go, go you. But even like, it reminds me that we always even compare ourselves to ourselves. Do you do that too? Like, do you look back and go, oh, I was this back then. So you're like tormenting yourself about yourself. Do you do that also?
0: Yeah. So that, that's, uh, that's me with a scale. So I'm like, you know, I can, I've never been able to get back to my pre-baby weight. And now I'm just like, well, I'm just a, this is just my, my mom body and I'm proud of it. And also like, I'm working out more. So I have to know that like, but it is hard because I look back and I'm like, oh, you know, this is, I'll never get back to that. So it, it eats me up, but then I'm just like, I drink a glass of wine and I'm, I feel a little better. Oh <laughs> There's another ism. I know. Right. <laughs> There it is. There
1: it is. No, but it's I think it's important that people are listening that they understand no matter where you are in life you can always be looking outside to try to make yourself feel better. So I do that all the time, which is one of my worst qualities. And the compare and despair aspect is my number one character defect and I have it on my list for 2021 too. So that's so funny that you have it on.
0: Well, I think because it's going to make us like, it doesn't, I don't feel good when I can do the compare and despair. Like it doesn't make me feel good. Like I want to do things for myself and I want to do things, you know, if I want to get a boob job, I'm going to get a boob job because I want to get one, not because I'm trying to be something else or please somebody else. Or, and you know, I want to, I want to be kinder to myself. I don't want to have to compare. I want to be, um, encouraging to my friends who book awesome roles and not be like, like I want that, you know? Yeah, I know. So it's like, I'm like, I want to be more um, excited for the people around me and not internalize and beat myself up and think, oh, why wasn't I good enough to get that? And
1: why do you think we do that? Why do you think we look at, say, if you got a role or I got a role or someone we know got a role, why do you think we go to then that makes us
0: shitty. Um, I think that's, for me, it's just childhood wounds. Like it's just uh, nothing would ever be good enough. Like I'm not good enough. And somewhere along the way, I've talked about this in therapy is where I'm like, I don't feel like, like do I not deserve happiness or do I not just like deserve it? And so I've always kind of had that, like I've always wondered that along, like my road of like recovery with childhood wounds and everything. Like maybe I just, I don't deserve it or like I'm not meant for that. And what is, can I ask what your therapist think that ties to like an exact thing about your childhood that you want to share? So when my dad left, it's kind of like with Mike too, my husband, where it's like, I go, oh, well, of course he left me and like did this because it's, I'm not good enough for someone to say, I'm not just, I'm not deserving of a man like that to stay because my dad left me. What, what age were you when he left? 13. Oh, that's a pivotal age too. Yeah, it was tough. So I I mean, I worked on that all in 2020. And like, I found my worth. And I know that it wasn't my fault. And like, wasn't my fault for not just my husband, but for my dad leaving. Like, it's not my fault that he left. And so I think, like, like, you know, recognizing those wounds, and then realizing that it plays such a part today being like, No, like, that's their decisions. But I'm still I still have my worth and remembering that. Have
1: you talked to your dad since, or have you discussed it with him why he left? Or do you have no contact with him?
0: Um, so we actually have the best relationship we've ever had. He was a little upset because I wrote about him in the book. And I said, he was the first man that ever lied to me because I essentially caught my dad cheating and he lied about it. And I was, and I knew that he was having an affair. Like, cause I saw him walk in at, you know, one or something in the morning. And I'm like, where were you just at? He's like home Depot. And I'm like, Home Depot. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, like he was like caught, he was frozen. And so, um, you know, I wrote about that in the book and I said, he was the first man to ever lie to me. And, you know, he was, and I said, you know, he started a family faster than I could blink. And with his, with his affair lady. And, you know, I, he was like, why are we talking about, why are you talking about old wounds? And I said, well, I've, you know, obviously I've, I've since forgiven you. I was like, but those are things that I, that's part of me. It's how I became who I am or, and the things that I've been through and why I chose certain things. I'm not blaming you. It's just part of my, my childhood wounds and how it impacted me. Um, so we, we definitely talked about it and he's like, you know, I, I want to move forward. I don't want to go back. He's like, I've, you know, it's, it's been years of like in progress with my dad. Um, but now I think what our relationship got better once, um, I started my healing work with Mike and forgiveness. Yeah.
1: Because that is true. Our parents are the models for every other relationship. Yeah. And in their flaws, my parents too, you and I have talked about it and we've, you know, put it in the thing we're creating, like these things affect our life. If our parents can't show up for us, how can we expect
0: anybody else to show up for us? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And what I've realized for this year is we got to start showing up for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like we got to do whatever we have to do to show up for ourselves because, you know, the bottle of wine's not going to be there for me. Like, you know, like those, those are the things that can mask certain things, but I got to, I got to show up for me and, and, you know, be happy for others around me. Yeah. And also, cause you have children,
1: does, do you think that this personal growth you've been doing this last couple of years that it has to also do that you have children and you don't want to carry that to them?
0: For sure. Cause I'm very cognizant of like, okay, how am I going to screw my kids up?
1: <laughs> so like, First of all, we're all going to screw our kids up. It's just over- inevitable.
0: Like, no matter how much we do on ourselves, I feel like we're like, fuck, no matter
1: what. <laughs> it's,
0: it's scary. Cause I even caught myself the other day. Cause, you know, Jolie's gymnastics teacher was like, hey, her cartwheel like needs to be a little better. So I'm like, okay. So we get home and I'm like, cartwheel, cartwheel, cartwheel. <laughs> she like hurts her hand. I'm like, cartwheel. And Mike's Hannah. Anna. And I was like, no, it needs to be perfect. And then I was like, okay you know what I mean? So I was like, oh crap. Like, I don't want to like, I got to catch myself there because it doesn't need to be perfect. I just want her to like work on it. So I had like, you know, I had to like step myself back because I'm like, of course I want the kid that has like the best cartwheels in the class, (laughs) you know, because I wanted to have the best cartwheels in the class. So I was like projecting my own stuff onto her to be like perfect and good enough. And then I was like, whoops. So I was like, let me take a step back. I was like, is your hand okay?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you like bandage your hand and be like, get back
0: to cartwheels. (laughs) I know. So I was like, Oh man, I was like, but you know, I think it's definitely, it's helped me be a better parent doing the work. And that's why I love therapy. I love, you know, being able to, to promote therapy. And I know a lot of people don't, can't get therapy, but there's, you know, there's this new thing called talk space where it's not as much money, but I I just think it's good to talk to somebody. Oh, I think therapy is like a massage for your soul. Oh yeah. Like if you
1: think about it like that, it's like this time just for you to talk about all that deep stuff we never talk about. And the person you're telling it to, it's like they have no skin in the game. So yeah. it's,
0: it's like someone's there for you to heal. 1,000%. I love my therapist. Like I just, I actually called her over, um, uh, it was like a few days before Christmas. I was having just like a really... Mike had said something to me that was very similar to uh, something he had said. Like he was just, we were interested in a bad place fighting. Mm-hmm. And I texted her and I was like, you know, I don't usually do this. I was like, but I, I, I just need to talk to you. I don't want. I don't need to talk to a friend to like bitch about it. I need to talk to my therapist because like you're the only person that I can feel like can center me and ground me and know that like what he said, he you know, was it just a we were both fighting. We said mean things, but it just like it could have like derailed me so fast. But yeah, she's just able to like. Calm me down. And then I'm like, okay, you're right. Like, I'm good. Yeah.
1: So I always like to add these, these, I didn't tell you about this. So this is new for Jana, but I like to add these seven deadly sins to these kind of secrets, you know, these kind of things we keep internally inside of ourselves. And this being compare and despair, less than, greater than, whatever. Cause I have the ego side of it where I'm like, oh, I'm better than this person. So I feel a little better about myself. So I like Uh to use these seven deadly sins, more on the character defects. So I'm going to name them. And then you tell me if any of them ring true for you and why. So we got pride, greed, lust, gluttony. Well, you got to go slower for
0: me. I'm not. (laughs) We'll go one at a time. Pride. (laughs) I take this this very seriously. So I want to make sure I really call myself out here with the best one. Okay. Okay. We got pride. How does that ring true for you? Oh, I, want to hear all, I want to hear all of them, but just slower. <laughs> Ooh, do you see how type A she
1: is? She's like, take me through it very slow. Okay, okay, here we go. Pride. Okay. Greed. Lust. Gluttony. Envy. Anger. And sloth.
0: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. Well, not, well, I'm more like three. There's like a half of one. Um, so <laughs> ang- anger is a huge one for me. That's my default because I don't want to show weakness. Mm. So it used to not be, but after the abusive relationship, now instead of getting sad or let the, letting someone notice that they got me, I get angry. And underneath that, I, you know, after I'm angry, I'll go in the room and ball my eyes out. But it's just because I'm so afraid of like anyone Coming in my little circle and and hurting me, yeah. I mean
1: that's where we feel like our power is taken away from us, right? Yeah. Okay. Then we got pride, greed, lust, gluttony, lust.
0: Okay, tell me, lust. Lust is bad for me because it's like I, I you know, me and my girlfriend were just talking about this other day. We were watching a um, a TV show, and I'm like, man, does some of these TV shows just like make you just want to have that like throw you up against the wall, like, you know, hot, steamy, first, just met someone's sex. And it's like, oh, you, it's so fast. You your <laughs> and you're like, God, I want that. And I'm like, well, we're not going to get it from my, our husbands. And we're kind of like, hmm. and then like for that split second, you're like, you're so tempted. And you're like, what do wait, what am I doing? But then you're just like, and you watch another TV show because every TV show is so consumed with over sexuality. Right. I mean, like insane. I'm like, it's like half porn. And so it's like, it. I think that the lust in me, cause I'm all, I, I love the beginning of something. And
1: I love being in love. Like that first, yes. that's like the most
0: intoxicating,
1: poisonous fa- fantasy that I love, love, <laughs> because do you, I don't know if I've ever told you this. And we've talked a lot about my program, um, Slaw, which you know so much about, but that one of the main things you cannot watch is the notebook. You are not, it's almost
0: like in the book of Slaw. Every woman is not allowed to watch the notebook. That's hilarious. Well, no wonder why it's like one of my favorite movies. <laughs> well, I could see it being one of your favorite movies, but I actually talk about it in my book that I like go into yeah. this
1: fantasy. Like, I mean, who wants to like rip off their clothes like in the rain? And
0: oh, you know what I mean? Where it's like uh-huh. steamy. <laughs> It's so good. And there's another one that I'm watching. It's called Bridgerton. I just started it. And it's just like, you know, it's just that like, oh, that like love affair. It's like the mystery. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like that's, that's probably, that's probably my number one. And my husband knows that. Like I told him, I was like, I I have to feel wanted and like desired because I'm like, if not, I'm like, my brain goes to bad places. Yeah. (laughs) It wants to like disconnect probably and like go
1: intrigue is what I say. Like you go flirt or intrigue or anything where we can get our worth or get that high. Yep. For sure. Do you think that talking about it with your husband has like made it less overwhelming when those feelings come, come on?
0: Uh, Yes. But it was, I think it was harmful. So I was filming a movie and of course, you know, you meet someone and they're attractive and I'm just like, yeah. And it's like, it was great and he's so cute. And I'm just like, my husband's not showing me attention, but he's showing me attention, obviously just from set. Like it wasn't like real, it was like yeah. character. Yeah. Um, and so I told him, cause I, I told my therapist, which is, first of all, it's huge for me. Like I would have never done that. I usually just would have like flirted along with it and then like prayed to God I didn't cross the line. <laughs> but I was like, okay, I'm going to... Tell my therapist that like, you know, this is really messing with my head. And like my Jana 20 girl is like creeping up a little bit. Yeah. And she's like, I think you should tell your husband. And, you know, so I kind of sat him down. I was like, hey, like, I just feel like I need a little bit more attention and love right now because my mind is like being intrigued and I know how dangerous that is for me. And he did not take it very well because he was just like, oh, so if I don't do this, like you're just going to go cheat. And I'm like, no, I'm saying like, I just, this is just how my like brain and system works. And yeah. and he didn't understand that. But, um, so that was, it was good for me, but like not great for him.
1: <laughs> well, I think sometimes those things hurt our partners, but it actually ha- helps you connect more. Like Mark and I will not go over a week, if one of us is working on location, we, I actually don't flirt on set anymore. That used to be my thing, like going on set and flirting with, you know, it could be the wall I'm and I'd flirt a natural with it.
0: Flirt. I know. I'm like, girl, I, I have was too. I'd be like, Hey, not. but I flirt with like the, my makeup artist, you know what I mean? Like like the, a girl, like, so it's, I just flirt with anything. You do.
1: You actually <laughs> are worse than me. That's like the one I'm like, oh, at least she's worse than me. But I used to be really bad. Like I would flirt with everything and everyone. And now I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't let that energy go. Yeah. It's, it's so dangerous for me. It feels like for me, it's like raping other people of their energy for me.
0: For sure. I get that. But I also think there's like a healthy line too, where it's, you know, it's, you know, the friendliness and sometimes my friendliness can be misconstrued with flirting but I just like, I just love people. I love just the energy of just like fun, you know?
1: Yeah, but, then you do. I remember wow. we'd go to meetings and you're like, hey to the like sign in guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you. Hey, babe. Name, babe. Hey, babe. I'm, I'm Jan. I'm here. <laughs> and, and it's funny because people are always like, well, what if Mike did that? And I'm like, that's just not Mike's personality. Like he's not, I mean, yes, he closetly had his addiction, but you know, it was- But that was he, his secret. That was his secret. Yeah. But he, you know, he's never been that overly like friendly guy. Like he usually is just like has asshole rip on his forehead, is what, what he says.
1: That's what he says. What he well, says that was head. mine. I had resting bitch. I still have resting bitch sometimes. I think you've called me on it. You're like, Brianne, take off your hat and be like a veil. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Look a little veil. You're a little close <laughs> off. You're a little like, don't touch me. Yeah. Don't touch me. I cannot be penetrated. I was, I guess I was more like my goodness. I would flirt with you if I didn't like you. If I liked you, you would never know I liked you. And I would wear that like mask of you. Unpenetrable. You cannot. It was like a secret slut is what I like to call
0: it. <laughs> secret slut society. I'm here for it. <laughs> okay.
1: We, uh, you said three. So we didn't, we have pride, greed, gluttony, and envy and sloth.
0: Um, I mean, definitely envy. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just, that's the kind of the, the whole episode it's about is just envy. And I think, you know, wanting what you can't have. Yeah. Just being envious. But I think it's again, a, a great goal for everyone to not do this year. Cause it's so easy to do and it's, but it just doesn't, it's not good for the whole system it really isn't. Well, I have a couple more
1: questions. The main one I wanted to ask you too is because I we've talked about Instagram and how I struggled with it. I was off Instagram for a year and I got back on. And you even t- were telling me, you got to get back on, Brianne. You got to get back on. And how do you... Not let that character defect of compare and despair affect you branding yourself on Instagram. You're so good at doing that, but I just don't understand how it doesn't like torment you on a daily basis.
0: Um, it's hard. I will say the first thing I used to do was get up in the morning and, you know, look at Instagram and look at other people's stuff. But now it's like, I really just go on to do my stuff mm-hmm. and then sometimes I'll scroll. But this when I find myself scrolling for more than a minute, I'm like, get off like you're not going to be happy. So it just becomes like a discipline thing. I, I go do something else. I mean, just kind of like what my husband always says, like, he's like, every time I would have, he's like, if I'd feel tempted to look at something, he's like, I'd go to the other room, I'd get up, I'd get do something. So it's like five, four, three, two, one. It's a Meg Mel Robbins theory. You just count down five, four, three, two, one, throw your phone away, walk away. Like, so it's just, just disciplining yourself to do that. But there are times when I, you know, I, I do it more and it's, it's difficult, but again, knowing how it makes me feel. It helps me stop.
1: Does it also help? It also has helped me realize how everything
0: is so filtered. Like you cannot compare their outside to your inside. Well, and that's what I'll say. Like, that's why like for my Instagram, like it's not all perfect stuff. And I do that a very on purpose because it's to show the people like me that think everyone's life is perfect. And I'm like, they're probably fighting when they took that picture or they, you know, so it's like, I I I show the unhappy times on Instagram because it's not all perfect, and I'm hopefully helping people be a reminder of that.
1: And I'm going to tell you, I don't even know if you know this, but in chapter six is my compare and despair of my book, and I use an example of you in a character. Oh my God, I'm so excited! But it was this moment for me that you know you built this beautiful house, you just moved, and you know we. I talked about getting out of LA and you posted a picture of your house. And I like walked around my two bedroom house and I was like, my life sucks. And I'm not kidding. The godshot came. You called me an hour later and we're like, I got, we got in a bad fight and it was, I wasn't happy you got in a fight, but it just really hit me. Like what's on Instagram isn't always real life. Mm-hmm. So that for me was really healing to be like, Oh, we all get in fights and have problems. And if it looks beautiful, that doesn't mean their life is perfect.
0: I have a friend that has like a 30,000 square foot house and it is the most unhappy house of all. Really? the most unhappy house of all. So it's like, it doesn't matter how much money you have. I mean, they have black cards and Rolls Royces. They are the most unhappiest people you will ever meet. They hate each other. It's like money does not buy happiness. And I
1: should know that with all the people in my program, like people kill themselves that have everything, but we forget that. We forget that when we're sitting in our bed, like, no,
0: Bored or whatever, scrolling. I'll be sure to post another photo in front of the house, like, "Hey, <laughs> <To> be Like, <laughs> <blinking me. laughs> no, you need to move. You can have that. I, I was, I, the, I was in the same size house as you in LA, so. I know, Go I know, it. and my last question for you because you are a busy
1: lady and you need to have time to yourself as your friend. If anybody's listening out there and they're mm-hmm. struggling with the same thing you and I are talking about, what would be your advice for them
0: and how to get on the other side? So it's going to be the most cliche saying, but my mom told me, don't ever let anyone take your light. And I've had plenty of people in my life take my light from me, but I've been the one that has taken it the most. <gasps> oh my God. I love that. So it's don't let anyone, but don't let yourself take it. Yeah. Yeah are you doing that is dampening your light? That is amazing. I actually heard something
1: similar just a couple of days ago that somebody said we have boundaries with other people, but we don't have boundaries with our own Mm self-talk. So this year I've decided to have boundaries with my own self-talk. Like what I say to myself, I would never say to you, Jana, I would never say to anybody else. Why is it okay to say it to myself? Yeah, that like really like we need to hold those boundaries. We need to hold our own light and not let even ourselves destroy it.
0: Yep,
1: for sure. Because in the end, we can't be anybody else anyways. Like I can't be you. You can't be me. I can't be, you know, Joe Schmo down the street. What's the point? Even though Joe Schmo looks like he's got a good life down the street.
0: <laughs> Joe Schmo. But,
1: but we know Joe Schmo doesn't have a good life down the Joe street. Joe Schmo is just as fucked up as we are. So it's All fine. All of us. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your truth with me. Honestly, your friendship means a lot. And I just
0: love that you are willing to come on and share this. Oh my gosh. Of course. I'm so excited. I love you. And I'm excited for your book because I've read most of it. So yes, she has. She's my big,
1: one of my biggest fans. <laughs> well, if you want to be on the show, please email me at secret podcast at iCloud.com until next time.